podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the ice hockey podcast for Chelmsford Chieftains fans. The postseason begins, playoff hockey and some of the most exciting ice hockey you will see. It really brings the best out of everyone. In this episode, we'll be breaking down all four quarterfinals, obviously starting with the ninth and 10th meeting of the Chieftains and the Invicta Dynamos. But we've also got reports from Stresson versus Thunder, Solent versus Oxford and Slough versus Raiders. Also this week, I've hooked up with a charity partner for the playoff weekend. And to be honest, the message is so good, they're likely to become a permanent fixture for the podcast. Jess from new charity Blades Belong On Your Feet will be joining me discussing the birth of their charity, the reasoning and what their plans are for the future. So let's start this week's episode with the playoff quarterfinals and starting, of course, at the Riverside. A strange start to the proceedings at the Riverside, a change of DJ and announcer, a smaller crowd than usual, but a vibrant atmosphere as we geared up for the ninth game with Invicta Dynamos this season. The Dynamos had had the better of the early plays, forcing a couple of top saves from Luca Tassadri. However, it was the home side that struck first after Chard went in for tripping on 119. Chieftains worked the puck across the offensive zone. Grant Bartlett's shot was pad saved by Ryder, but Ethan Reed swept up at the back post. The Chieftains kept the pressure up, but had to kill a penalty after Burnett was giving two for slashing on 4.45. Invicta Dynamos pulled the game level on 7.38 when Condren found Dell behind the goal, and he failed Jure Hushka in the slot, who made it 1-1. On 10.40, Burnett and Davis both got two for interference as the captains went head-to-head, and as the teams went 4-4, four four, Jure Hushka got two for tripping on 11.35. In the 4-on-3 power play, good work from Ethan Reed as the puck squeezed across the crease to Matt Turner, who managed to angle the puck over the line from a tight angle. The first finished 2-1. Into the seconds, the Chieftains had a glorious chance to extend the lead when Turner sourced a spectacular pass across the offensive zone, but TJ Fillery, whose close-range effort was brilliantly saved by Owen Ryder. On 21.55, Hitchens was given a very questionable penalty for boarding and in the resulting power play, Condren tapped in at the back post, assisted by Hushka and Saw to make it 2-2. As the Dynamos pushed, a close-range effort from Hushka brushed the iron. Both teams swapped penalty kills after Rainer got two for slashing and Condren got two for tripping. 
On 31-12, Springer Hughes got two for tripping, giving the Chiefs another power play chance. But Invicta pushed high, getting the puck into the Chiefs' defensive zone. And last check found Owen Dell, who finished well in front of Desardry. Short-handed goal on 32-23. 3-2 to the visitors. Chiefs had to kill a penalty after Pickering was given another questionable one for interference on 37-20. End of the second was 3-2 to Invicta. Start of the third and Pickering got another questionable penalty for holding and the ref was starting to bear the brunt of the fan frustration with the inconsistency in the decisions. The Chieftains were pushing hard for the leveller but Owen Ryder was having another inspired evening. At the other end, Luca Tassadri was showing us all his worth after a two-man break by Hushkandel forced a truly unbelievable pad save by the young GB star that caused looks of sheer disbelief on the faces of the attacking Moes. But on 51.05, another two-man break by the Moes left Laszczek and Dell two-on-one and the former squared the puck to his young teammate who finished the scoring for the evening with a fine finish from a fine young player. He certainly has been a talisman from the Moes since re-signing earlier this year. A tough fight ahead for the Chieftains as we have to head to the stables to overturn a two-goal game. Sunday night, later face-off than usual, also later than advertised, but a nervy start to the game from both sides in a raucous atmosphere of Planet Ice Gillingham, and it was the home side who took the lead through Harris, a slap shot that Desardry had no chance with on 7.59. The next few minutes saw both sides swap penalties when Stokes got two for holding and Grant Bartlett got two for slashing, before Bulldog and Fay were binned for boarding and roughing, Strawson also given two for roughing. And in the four on three, McCallum made it with apples to Hushkansor on 13-11, 2-0. The Moes completed a perfect first period when Saw battled to win the puck and one 2 with Hushk at the back post to make it 3-0 on 18-45. The second period saw the Chieftains light the fire and go after their opponents. On 21-08, Ollie Bulldog assisted Grant Bartlett to get the Chieftains on the board. Chieftains continued to push but were constantly rebuffed. And on 31-28, Saw received a two-minute penalty for hooking. And less than a minute into that power play, Bartlett and Pentecost assisted Matty Turner to make it 3-2 on 32-15. Continuing their push onto their host, James Pentecost swooped in unassisted to bring it to 3-3 on the night and return it to a two-goal game. Virtually straight away, Invicta hit back when Saw found Hushk at the back post to make it 4-3 on 34-49. Straight from the restart, Chieftains hit back again as Bulldog assisted Grant Bartlett for his second of the night, 4-4 at 35-04. The balmy period of hockey was concluded when Stokes fed Dell on a breakaway and then Richard Harris tucked away in Victor's fifth to give them the lead again, with just 41 seconds remaining in the second. Into the third and the Chieftains started rampant again, pulled themselves back to 5-5 when Casey Wilson scored unassisted on 42-11. On 44.05, Lashtek took a two-minute penalty for tripping, and on that power play, Turner assisted Ollie Baldock for his second of the night, giving the Chieftains a 6-5 lead, bringing it to a one-goal game. Two minutes later, Baldock turned provider as Sasha Moltsev blasted the tie to 9-9, with a smasher giving the Chieftains a 7-5 lead on the night. 
Carl Lennon called a timeout to get the home side in order. And then with just nine minutes to go, former Chieftain Stanislav Laszczek, assisted by Harris and Dell, made it 7-6, leaving the Chieftains still needing at least one more. However, on 58-20, Harris put the tie out of Chieftain's reach when he equalised on the night, giving the Dynamos their two-goal advantage again and sending them on to the post-season showpiece at Planet Ice, Milton Keynes, next weekend. 7-7 on the night and 11-9 on aggregate. The overwhelming outlook from the Chieftain's fans was immense pride. The lads did not give up, skated hard, and played out of their skin from second one on Saturday to the final buzzer late on Sunday. So that is the season done for the Chelmsford boys. We can look forward to a rest before the start of pastures new, see what they hold for the club under the tutelage of Lewis Clifford. I, for one, hope that most of this roster returns. It's been a long, hard season getting them to jail, which I think we have seen happen in recent weeks. We await to hear the outcome, of course, of Cameron and Grant Bartlett's careers with the Chelmsford Chieftains, and we may not have a weekend away in Milton Keynes, but we have an end-of-the-season shindig at the Doug Ellis Suite at Essex County Cricket Club on Saturday 22nd of April. Tickets for that are still available via Ticket Co. So uh, see them before they sell out. So Victor Dynamos have made it to the Britain finals. Let's see who else is there too. Saturday night in the Britain playoff quarterfinals then and Milton Keynes Thunder travelled down to London with 12 skaters to face the fully rostered league champions and held very strong going in just 1-0 down after the first. Streatham's strength in numbers began to tell through the game and the final score of leg one was 5-0 with goals from Miles, Inglesby, Skokan and two from Antonov. Credit to the Thunder for keeping the score at five after last week's double juice suckle punch. Down at the Hangar and Raiders Junior were in town and it was one of the more even matchups in this year's playoffs and it was the visitors that drew first blood. TJ Anderson with an early shorty. The first and second saw fists flying and multiple roughing penalties but the second saw a Bradburn equaliser and then Redmond put Slough ahead but Marco Pascali made it 2-2 at the end of a very entertaining period. The third saw the Rangers push home an advantage very quickly as they put the first leg to bed in the first couple of minutes. Anderson got his second with another shorty, quickly followed by his hat-trick goal on the power play. Plenty more fighting, roughing and unsportsmanlike conduct penalties in the third, ensuring a thriller in the second leg of the Elizabeth Line derby. The Oxpens saw the longest trip in this year's playoff quarters as the Solent Devils travelled up to a much-improved Oxford City Stars, who took the lead in the tie through Jagger Staten. The Devils rose from the ashes to equalise in the first when Liam Coleman scored in the 4-on-4 four four after Llewellyn and Fitzpatrick took two for roughing. Just after both teams returned to full strength, Campbell powerfully put the Devils into the lead, which was extended to 3-1 within seconds by Dan Lackey. Wardlaw rattled the iron before the buzzer, but the first ended 3-1. Halfway through the second and Sutton made it 4-1 to Solent. Samaji Bargi saw Hutchinson and Schoen sit for five each. The third period saw a spirited fight back from Oxford with Dujnik and Hedges having chances and it was Hedges after returning from a high sticks penalty who pulled one back for Oxford. Staten fired over towards the end and the Stars had a 30 second power play after Coleman got two for interference on 59-30 but 4-2 it stayed. Absolutely incredible and unfathomable that three of the quarterfinals after the first leg have finished 4-2 to the away side leaving those three ties in the balance for Sunday night's returns. 
on to the Sunday nights and Streatham headed north out of London and up the M1 with a 5-0 lead from Saturday. One would assume they will be making the same trip next weekend. One would assume correctly. A 10-1 victory for the champions, 15-1 on aggregate. No scorers from the second leg, I'm afraid. No details available online as yet. Uh, for the Thunder, rec players and youth players playing up, it, it might well be time for the EIHA and the NIHL to do them a favour and put them in NIHL 2. You can't fault their commitment, but constantly short-benched and getting tonked is not a good, league, good look for the club or for the league. Haringey, Guildford and Peterborough could perhaps come up to the NIHL 1 to give us a 10-team league with some playoff jeopardy and some different away trips, but we await to see what happens there. So Streatham Redhawks make the playoffs. Down to a sold-out Planet Ice in Gosport as the hosts had a 4-2 lead, which they extended in the first when Pitt scored on seven minutes. Into the second and Evans and Forsyth put the Devils into a 3-0 lead. Oliver pulled one back for Oxford before further goals by Forsyth, Osman, Wedge and Pitts made it 7-1 and killed the tie. Lloyd pulled another back for Oxford before Fitzpatrick made it 8-2. Oliver scored again for Oxford right at the start of the third period. Forsyth then got his hat-trick to make it 9. Then Liam Coleman got in on the action to make it 10. Sutter made it 11 before hand pitcher nicks a late goal to leave the final score 11-4, 15-6 on aggregate and Solent progress to the finals. As for their playoff semi-final opponents, we head to the Sapphire Ice Centre in Romford. Slough Jets arrived looking to overturn the 4-2 home defeat from Saturday night and started brilliantly with an early power play goal from Christian Moore on 2 9 Goodchild bought the tie level on 7.26 and Erskine with a power play goal on 12.41 actually put the Jets ahead in the tie. When Dreeland took a penalty for Slough, White say and English broke away feeding Erskine who made it 4-0 short-handed on 14.27. Raiders Jr. called a timeout to get themselves sorted and it clearly worked as on 16.11 they got one back through Little and just a couple of after a couple of penalties, TJ Anderson got in on the action, making it level on aggregate at 18.38. Straight from the restart, Anderson swung the tie back Rumford's way, scoring on 18.43. An English penalty towards the end meant the first ended 4-3 to Slough and 4-on-3 for Rumford on the ice. Christian Moore's second goal made it 5-3 on the night, 7-7 on aggregate on 31.15 and put themselves back in the driving seat through Clark on 32-30. Moore then took two for interference and in the power play, TJ Anderson completed his hat-trick, making it 6-4 and 8-8 on aggregate. Some fisticuffs and handbags at the end of the second gave the ref's job a, a job to sort out an incredibly enjoyable game from a neutral point of view. Upon restart, Raiders scored again through Dervish on 40-27 on the power play and brought it to 6-6 on the night on 50-35 when Anderson got his fourth. Into the last two minutes, with Slough needing two to force overtime, they pulled Shepard, but on 58-45, Anderson got himself an empty netter for his fifth of the night and finished the game 7-6, 11-8 on aggregate. What a fantastic game. And it completed the lineup for the Britain finals at Milton Keynes next weekend. So your playoff finals fixtures are as follows. Planet Ice Milton Keynes, Sunday the 9th of April, 4.30pm. The Streatham Red Hawks against the Romford Raiders Junior. 
Later on that evening, 7.30, we will get the next semi-final, Solent Devils against Invicta Dynamos for a 7.30 face-off of Planet Ice, Milton Keynes. The winner of those two will go into the showpiece playoff final on the Monday. I'm not 100% sure on the face-off time of that yet. I will let you know as soon as I know. The, those fixtures have changed slightly. They uh, originally were announced as Stretton versus Invicta and Solent versus Raiders, but they have changed. Uh, and apparently the seeding thing was uh, was brought in. It was it was there originally, but it had been it had been missed. So the fixtures were announced, and then they were changed. So your confirmed playoff semi-finals: Sunday, four thirty, Planet Ice, Milton Keynes, Stretton Redhawks versus Romford Raiders. 7.30 face-off for Solent Devils versus Invicta Dynamos. Results in the academy then, and the under-18s Mohawks had a 7-1 win at home to Slough. A hat-trick for Chris Beckett and goals from Reese King, Eden Rolfe, Alex Alfred Howe and Harrison Prentice completed the scoring there. The under-16s Tomahawks had a 3-2 victory away at Guildford. The under-14s Braves also a 3-2 victory away at Streatham. And the under-10s at Excise at Milton Keynes won all three of their games there. So congratulations to everybody from the academy. Also another nod from the academy is academy uh, graduate Luca Tassandri, the Chieftain's netminder, is flying off to Slovakia for training camp with the GB under-18s men's squad before they fly out to Serbia to play the World Championships in Belgrade. Uh, if you have a little look on what we've shared on the socials, you can see the lineup of the Great Britain games there, and I think they will all be streamed on YouTube. But uh, any other details I get on that, I will let you know. So we've been without coaches' thoughts for quite some time, but now that the season is over, we have some thoughts on the weekend's games just gone, the season as a whole, and the future with Captain Callum Burnett. <laughs> Hello everyone, uh, this is Callum Burnett, captain of the Chelmsford Chieftains. First of all, I wanted to say a massive thank you to all the people behind the scenes, all the fans, all the players. This past year has been an absolute pleasure to be uh, playing under Chelmsford Chieftains. I've never been more welcomed by a club before and honestly, I think the support we had over the weekend was gobsmacking and the team all appreciate that and we're so very proud to be playing for a team that we ha that we do and to experience that Chieftain support and how loud we were to have everyone work to the very end of the game and um, a tough game it was. I think anyone that was watching uh, live and was there could see that it was a well-fought battle and I think anyone that was even not there and watching it from the sidelines, maybe on Twitter or seeing the scores come in, could see it was a, a very good game and I'm more than proud of all the boys, all the fans and everyone that works behind the scenes that we uh, went out the way we did. In regards to the weekend, it was a hard-fought battle across the whole weekend. We kept it close. I don't think the Saturday game reflects the uh, whole game. To be honest, in our home barn, I was very confident that we would... Um, get ahead of things but we pulled that through on the Sunday and we showed that we will not take no for an answer in the case of we fought all the way through to the very end I think like I said anyone there could appreciate that every single person bought into that team every single person put their body on the line and no one cannot be proud of anyone on that team and I'm very proud of every single person on that team 
and what they gave to the group as a whole, everyone that stepped in to make sure that us as a group can do the best we can. We can only thank you for everything that you've done. Everyone that's worked behind the scenes to try to keep us together and keep us doing it, just our jobs as a group. I'm so proud of everyone in that regard. And the fans over the weekend, I think the whole team as a as a group were gobsmacked by the amount of support. There were a lot of new guys that probably maybe never have had that sort of support before and um, we could only appreciate everything that everyone gave us and we tried to show on that Sunday that we could um, give that back and it's a shame it didn't go our way. We, like I said, can only go onwards and upwards from here. It is bittersweet because I think everyone that was there could see that we gave everything that we could into that game and sometimes the hockey gods let that go the other way and we can hold our heads up high although it hurts and move on to next year with optimism with a bit of pride and a bit of a drive to show that next year is going to be our year and next year we're going to turn this development year into something that um, makes results and not saying that we haven't got results this year as this year we've achieved beating the uh, league winners and etc. But we can only be proud after that weekend that we went out with a bittersweet uh, ending and I'm hoping that we did everyone proud as a result of that. Looking at the um, Looking at the season as a whole, I think we have had as a group ups and downs, but everyone can see that noticeably. Uh, there's been a lot going on. We uh, refer that to as a lot of noise going on. But I'm very pleased how we have worked together as a group to try reduce that amount of noise. And I think the weekend's a massive reflection on that. The league as a whole is a, reflection, is a massive reflection of that and the results that we got from the league. Um the group I'm so proud of in the sense of everyone has stood up to new roles and developed as players. Everyone has been able to buy in as a group. We've gone through injuries. We've gone through players not being there. We've gone through changes of coaching staff. We've had a lot going on, which um, can, as I said, create a lot of noise in a team. But we can only take the positives out of what we've had from those things and the uh, as a group, as a whole, and not just the team, I'm talking about the support that comes from the team and the people that work behind the scenes, they have given everything that we can to do the best that we can. And people have stood up to the plate and I'm more than happy with how they've done so. And I can only, from my experience, believe that that will get further, that will um better in the future. And um, I think there's a big summer of land training and... Uh, things going on that will result in those things but we can only be positive in that and uh, be positive going into the new year because we can't dwell on this year it's happened um, but as a year as a whole and the season as a whole I'm very proud of what we've done um, with everything going on we have shown that we can compete with anyone and being able to compete with anyone in the league is not something that all teams can do. Um, a lot of teams can just roll over to certain clubs. Um, some clubs have bogey teams, and this year 
and Victor happened to be our bogey team. But I think from that Sunday, we showed that we can compete with them. And in the past, we have turned them over and we have won against them. So it's not an impossibility. But I think next season, we should be very optimistic and very excited for because um, there's a lot of guys coming back with a fire in their belly and a fire to prove some uh, prove the league wrong, that we can do what we can do and we can hold that Chelmsford Chieftain um, badge up high and be proud of it. And I'm more than happy to um, say that every single one of those guys in that room was proud to be there and wanted to be there and wanted to put on a result and wanted to put on a performance for everyone. Looking at the um, future of the club, I'm very excited to um, have Lewis come in. He's very experienced. He's got a, a great, fantastic, broad view of the game. Um, from what I've heard, he spent some time watching us guys and he's excited to come in. Um, I haven't spoke to him to spoken personally to him as of yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to do so and work with him. Um, his experience at MK, you can't, is uh, an unprecedented thing. MK Lightning have got a fantastic history and to be around people that deal with MK Lightning and to be under MK Lightning himself and working with them, they're a fantastic team with some great young players, uh, great experienced players and um, just look at their record so far, it, you can't uh, deny that. He, um, from playing against MK, they're a fantastic system-based team. They play to their system, they understand the players' roles and they use it to their best ability. And um, I'm excited for that knowledge and that experience to come into the club where we can build on the team with that kind of knowledge, help people learn, help uh, some of the younger guys uh, learn those systems to develop the club in the future. And not only myself, I, I will learn so much from him, I'm sure. And I think so many of the other guys will also. So I'm very much looking forward to Lewis coming in um, and seeing what he can do with the team and seeing what he can do with the club. And I'm very optimistic with the season ahead, and I'm sure he is too, that we can um, make a big impact on the league next year compared to this year and show that um, Chumps and Chieftains are still there to battle at the top and we are a fantastic club that can do that always, season in, season out. Final thoughts. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone within the club. That goes from fans to behind the scenes to the players. Um, this is my first year at Chelmsford in the senior leagues and I wanted to say a massive thank you to how welcoming you are to myself uh, as an individual, to all the new players. Uh, the opportunity to have me as a captain as a whole it has been an absolute honour this year. And I'm so proud of everyone and I'm so proud of the club and I'm so proud of everyone that works behind the scenes. They've been amazing to welcome every single person and to provide every single person with everything they need. The support of the club is unprecedented and I really hope that next year we can come back with the exact same support, if not more. And I promise that things will go well and uh, things can only go, like I said earlier, onwards and upwards from here. And... I'm excited and I'm optimistic and I can't wait to get back to hockey. It's a shame that it's ended early, but we take it as a bittersweet thing and we learn from it. You can only learn from those things and that develops everyone. 
not only myself but everyone in the team uh coaching and every, even the fans to understand that not everything can go your way even when you put out a good performance but um after this year we should hold our heads up high we should still be supporting still being loud still cheering on the chiefs and next year we can come back even stronger even harder even better and um looking forward to the year onwards so thank you very much to everyone um thank you for having me at the club thank you for having uh, the team do what we can to make you guys proud and i'm looking forward to next year and i'll hopefully see you all in the, the coming season a massive thank you to Callum Burnett for his thoughts on the season, the games towards the end of the season there, and the future with Lewis Clifford at the helm. We're, uh, we're all looking forward to that, I'm sure, and looking forward to seeing Callum back on the ice with the rest of the lads as well. Now it's time for Hit of the Week. Hit of the week then. It could only be one man from this weekend. Not sure what's going to happen with both Bartlett brothers. One of them was playing. And in the second period of the home leg of the uh, playoff quarterfinal, Condren was coming with the puck out of the, offensive, out of the defensive zone for Invicta. And then Grant Bartlett come across the blue line and absolutely poleaxed him. Hit of the week, Grant Bartlett. Grant Bartlett with the hit of the week there. So fantastic stuff from Grant. And like I said, we'll all find out, I'm sure, in due course, what him and Cameron's plans are for the future. Uh, so now we're going to get to our guest for this week. Uh, Jess is from uh, Zero Pucks Givens, do charity partner. Blades belong on your feet. Right, Jessica Goodman of Blades Belong on Your Feet. Thank you for joining me this evening. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm very well. You are more than welcome. Um, so I shared your uh, social media profile out and we spoke online the other night because uh, I reached out to you to make uh, Blaze Belong on Your Feet the partner charity of Zero Pucks Given for the playoff weekend and probably permanently moving forward for the message. So um, please tell us about Blaze Belong on Your Feet, how you started and what your aim is. I do really appreciate that you reaching out and obviously providing the support. So the Blaze Belong on Your Feet is, is kind of combining the two things that have been like biggest and most passionate passionate things in my life, which is through studying, learning a lot about knife crime, growing up in Enfield, surrounded by knife crime. And then obviously for the skating, for me, I've skated for 13 years. I did synchronised ice skating uh, for Lee Valley. Um, and I actually stopped the synchro the day before I started the charity. Oh, so right. I said, you know, that that door's closing now. But I wanted to continue this, continue the skating in a different way. And having thought of the idea of the blades belong on your feet and trying to see how sport can like provide a protective measure for a lot of young people because. You know, there are so many young people that live in socially and economically deprived areas that they don't have the, you know, support or guidance or finances to be, to take part in sport. 
and ice skating um, isn't the cheapest sport so the idea is to try and make it more accessible and encourage young people to get involved with ice skating by providing you know some sessions hopefully that will be free to them to try and get them through the door and reaching out to ice rinks and ice hockey clubs and synchronized skating and trying to see what people want to offer as well to try because I do think this is just such a massive problem and I think that hopefully a lot of people will get on board I have had some really positive feedback so far even from ice skating coaches saying you know what can I do to help how can I get involved in this so hopefully it it should you know take off yes I mean we could be looking at a sort of a nationwide program then obviously sort of starting in your your area like the sort of the outskirts boroughs of London yeah um Lee Valley's not open just yet is it the new new rink no no it's not and the idea would be to try and develop a model that can then be rolled out across ice rinks um especially in areas where it's really needed Mm. but obviously that may vary depending on what the rinks can offer and like the ice time and things like that and they're like the coaches wanting to get involved um having to apply for to the the idea of making it a charity so that we can apply for grants and funding to yep. make it possible because as i said ice skating isn't a cheap sport no and you'll know that ice time is premium yeah, <laughs> in a exactly, skater yourself absolutely so i i do and, and i think it will be difficult as well to kind of get people young people away from the stereotype because i feel like a lot of ice skating if you mention it people do just think little girls twirling around in dresses instantly though that it's quite easy to not know all of the different disciplines yeah um so i think it's trying to get people's mind around that as well and and showing them all the different like even ice uh the freestyle ice skating that people are doing now like that's even involved in disney on ice now no really there's so many, yeah, there's a couple of accounts. I think they trained at Ali Pali that I that I found and they're now part of Disney on Ice doing the ice skating freestyle. Oh, that's fantastic. That's um the that's image the imagery I'm getting for that is very blades of glory. <laughs> so. No, it's really cool, like doing flips and stuff like that. So, oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So they they it's just getting young people to know the different opportunities to them and like you said when you messaged me it doesn't matter whether they skate for fun or go down ice hockey or go down figure skating as long as they're you know in the ice rinks and not on the streets absolutely yeah it's um but it's something that's been quite popular a sport I was mainly involved in was boxing and that's been incredibly popular with the getting people involved in that against uh violent crime and knife crime to you know push them into boxing gyms um but to, yeah, to, to do when you particularly if you've got that facility in your area, mm. it's it's a fantastic thing to get in into. And as you said, there's so many different types that perhaps if you have you know young men or young women that have mm. perhaps got this sort of violent energy, mm. ice hockey might be the perfect thing for them to to do to get that release, but yeah. also g- gain some discipline as well. Yeah, and that's the thing is trying to make um, trying to give them something productive and positive to to try and put their energy into. And also it's teamwork as well. And there's so I, I think sport is so important for young people because it teaches them so many things like discipline, how to work well as part of a team, how to lose, how to win. Like, you know, 
and getting getting up in in those situations where you just want to go back to bed because you don't want to be up at seven o'clock in the morning at mm. a cold ice rink but yeah. you get because it, it's good for you so yeah. I think it's just, you know if they don't have those opportunities given to them they they'll never know as well like there could be the next Tulva and Dean out there yeah 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 but we yeah, we'd never know. We'd never know. So how, how did you come across uh, ice skating then? Be, being in Enfield, I suppose Lee Valley was probably your closest. Lee Valley was um, my the rink that I learned to skate in. Um, well, that's unless the Albany Lido freezes over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they were trying to put it in Pickett's Lock at one point, where yeah. that is, but it didn't go through. So we've been training at Ali Pali because um, with while the rink was shut, that's where the Synchro team moved to, was Ali yeah. Pali. Um, but there's yeah. a perfect there's a perfect location around there to put an ice rink really because there's an area around there called Freezy Water. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that there's much. That's mostly built up. It's know. quite industrial, isn't it, Freezy Water? Yeah, there's, there's not a. I don't know that there'd be any space there to be honest. Everything in Enfield is quite crammed together now. Yeah, I know. There's a. It's my, a lot of my family are actually uh, from Enfield originally, oh. um, and there was always a joke about the, the sort of the hills that go up to the reservoirs that the sheep had uh, one set of legs short than the other so they could stand on the hills. <laughs> yeah, where ponders end is. Yeah, yeah, up that way. So, so yeah, so you were down to Lee Valley and then obviously whilst it's been closed, you've been training at Ali Valley. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing is like, I think Lee Valley is in quite a, Lee Valley is in quite a socially and economically deprived area. Um, I think there's 17 or 18 gangs like quite in quite close proximity really sort of um, around that sort of Leighton area yeah there's about I think it's um about 17 or 18 gangs that are that sort of operate around that area and I remember when I was younger because there was two boys that were in our team and um they lived around there and when I'd see you know young boy stabbed in Hackney or young boy stabbed in Leighton immediately I just feel sick because I mm. just like it could be them because there's so many issues with you know mistaken identity or wrong place wrong time and seeing things you shouldn't see and you know it just it's so it's so sad what the state that London is in at the moment but yeah. as Alice even though it's in Muswell Hill which is quite a quite a built up area it's a stone throw away from Woodgreen which yeah. is really struggling the borough is, is really really suffering at the moment so I think that there are the ice rinks in the areas that need them. I didn't realise that Widnes is so close to Liverpool. Yes. As well. So I really think like if this does sort of take off, that would be a really good ice rink to to take this up in as well. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. You think a city like Liverpool hasn't hasn't got one? Is astonishing. Yeah. Because it's um the I mean, the Planet Ice are probably the main sort of company that. Have, thrown a few up in in recent years we've obviously yeah. got Milton Keynes is a fairly good facility Bristol's a good facility uh, there's a few of the older ones that could do with a little bit of a, a revamp yeah. um, but like I say a charity like this could really be the driving force to to push the government into funding mm. ice skating and, and ice sports winter sports okay. in general because it's something that I've discussed with with people involved in the hockey world on Twitter Mm-hmm. a lot which you i'm sure you would have experienced as a synchro skater winter sports in this country is elitist yeah 
and there's no point arguing against it. It is. It doesn't matter how good you are. It matters where you went to school and how much money you've got. And that's something that needs to change drastically. Yeah. And I think your charity and your idea could be something that really pushes that. I really hope it will be. I really, I really see how it could, you know, with the right support, the right platform, it could really take off. And it could change the face of ice skating as well. Like in terms of, you know, as you said, it, it is, it does matter how much money you've got and things like that because it's so expensive. But unfortunately for someone you know of an ethnic minority looking at the sport it's not very representative mm. and i think mm. it's quite shameful it is because a lot of i mean the professional league in this country the elite league they have their they have their pride weekends and they do other events throughout the hockey leagues to, to tell people that hockey is inclusive hockey mm. is for everybody well it's not mm. and that they need to do more to, yeah. to make sure that it is for everybody and everybody can come and enjoy it. Yeah. And not just hockey, as, you, as we've said, you know, synchronised skating, speed skating, freestyle skating, mm. dancing. It's it's all there to, to be done. And yeah. To be, and to be getting these people that are in a really, really terrible mm-hmm. position, probably through no fault of their own, but taking, taking them out of there and putting them somewhere positive. Yeah, that's, that's what... Because for, like... Some people didn't quite understand what I was getting at with with setting this up. They thought that it was more like targeting gang members, but it's more a protective and preventative measure. So it would be trying, you know, those people that are right on the cusp of falling victim to these gangs in terms of, you know, they might have been kicked out of school. They're now in a pupil referral unit where they've got gangs hanging around outside waiting for them to come out. Yeah. You know, they're these kids that don't have any sports, aren't interested, like, haven't done anything so they're just hanging around on the streets or they're going you know the silliest ways that they recruit these kids is like buying them food in a chicken shop generally being nice to them because these some of these kids they've got no guidance they've got no you know their their parents might be working you know 16 hour days to get food on the table yeah and they're that they need some support from somewhere else and I think sport and ice skating can be it Absolutely. Um, I th- yes, as we, you said earlier, sport is just imperative, I think, for, for young people to, to learn exactly, as you said, you know, discipline, team yeah. building skills. And, you know, it's, 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 and it's not just a London problem, as you said, it's all over the UK. And yeah. I mean, fortunately, obviously, we see a lot of not, not a massive amount, but there's still too many uh, knife crime issues in the UK. Fortunately, we're not America. Um, yeah you know, with the gun problems they have over there. But it's, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's worth why I reached out to you because I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, I know you, you sort of posted earlier, it's coming up to the anniversary of Ben Kinsella's. Mm. Yeah, uh, like the, the article that I got the um, quote from, the CEO of the Ben Kinsella Trust, I think it was from like February, and they were saying how sort of saddened they are that it hasn't, not much has changed not nothing really has changed the statistics are still the same if not worse and it's a shame because they've done so much work they've worked like the resources that they put out there are amazing and it's just not changing no Um, it's i think it's also stephen lawrence anniversary uh this year it's 30 years i think or 20 maybe i think it's quite a number yeah yeah but and you say from that long ago and then still it's not improving so it's no yeah, it needs something else. Perhaps this is the element it needs to, to push it along. 
the sports like I know you mentioned boxing and mm. that's one of the charities that um I did see or I don't know if they're a charity the is the gloves up knives down yeah um and I know there's a few football clubs that are sort of trying to do a similar thing there's a lot of youth clubs there's um actually a horse riding club that's been set up somewhere in South London to try and get kids involved in in horse riding but I just think all sports if you're involved in a sport you just need to look at it and think how can this help young people dancing all of it it's just that I think all the sports clubs out there no matter what what it is need to sort of look at themselves and think how can we get these young people that have got nothing because they might not like it if one of these kids turns up to the session and and they or whatever it is and they don't like it then you know I, I'll more than happily say to them well what about boxing what about football and like yeah. put them on the right track to talking to those people to try it because I don't want them to you know not everyone is going to like ice skating and that's okay they might yeah. come and go, I absolutely hate this but they've given it a go and that's what's important is they you know they want to be involved in something so then yes. it's something else that they might want to be involved in maybe they'll prefer boxing or football um but it's definitely they just need the opportunities and they've they got do, yeah. opportunities because these families we're in a cost of living crisis they can't afford it absolutely yeah and I, I do think i can't remember what charity it was i think it's in a school in tottenham have had uh, some football goals made entirely out of um melted down knives that were <laughs> given in a, a sort of a collection point yeah. um which is yeah that, so that's another you know brilliant initiative yeah to, into getting the knives off the streets because it's um and so i'm sure you'll you'll be aware with this obviously the stats go that it's actually the person carrying a knife is far yeah. more likely to die from a stab wound yeah than anybody else so it's yeah to try and get that message across to these young people that yeah, even carrying one is just you're going yeah. down the wrong road there are children like they're not even reaching their teenage years before they feel like it's necessary for them to carry a knife because and that is one of the biggest driving forces is fear that's one of the one of the biggest reasons I think there was research conducted with you know some young people asking them why and most part the reason was you know fear um, and we shouldn't have like that shouldn't be a fear that eight nine ten year olds and teenagers are, are experiencing no it just it just shouldn't I, I just it's very difficult to um like if someone said to me oh what inspired you to set up this charity I wouldn't even have the words because I can't explain how much it like saddens me it, like even knowing what what goes on for these like children living in these sort of areas and just seeing it every day like the the post that I put up from the 2013 when they were talking to kids that live in South London, yeah, and one in four had witnessed a killing. Wow. Like how how do you you know this just shouldn't even be a thing? No, so, that's terrible. Yeah. No. yeah. So what's the um the next steps moving forward with the charity then? So at the moment, it's not fully registered. Um, it's very difficult to get registered so I have reached out to someone they're going to provide me with some guidance and help me to set it up and submit all the application and everything like that um, and then from then on once it's a registered charity we'll obviously be reaching out to ice rinks letting them know what we want to do applying for funding from certain grants and stuff like that finding what's the best um, organizations I know there's a lot of like places out there that do funding 
uh, it'd be reaching out to sort of ice ice skating clubs as well, hockey clubs, seeing if they'd do like taste sessions and, you know, offer any of their like ice time to get kids in and, and giving it a go, showing them what hockey is. Um, obviously, at some point, it would be nice to do like some sort of charity gala as well to, to raise some money. Because yeah. I think for this, it it will need to be fundraising, but also the funding. So it would be a combination of the two. I don't think it would be possible to rely just solely on grants and funding. I think there will need to be fundraising. So even just like going to maybe hockey games and um, competitions and having like, you know, simple things like shaking a bucket <laughs> and yeah. getting the word out there and getting people to share, just carry on sharing the platform as well, because that's, that's important it only takes one person with however many thousands of followers before that's it like it'll it'll just grow but at the moment it's growing authentically which is nice because the people that are following it are genuinely interested in it they're from the ice skating community yeah. so it's not like just random people <laughs> they're yeah, people no. are, you know interested in it so I just I think that over the next few years is just trying to grow it get the message out there reaching out to um youth clubs and stuff like that trying to find out what the best way to get these kids involved in and highlighting you know who the hard to reach kids are to get them in yeah so. oh it's brilliant it's brilliant yeah like i say i can't give you enough praise for, for you know doing what <laughs> doing what you're doing starting it up it's starting a charity is an incredibly hard thing mm. um so you know i think you're prepared for the, for the hard work that's about to come yeah. your way yeah but it's a yeah, a fantastic initiative, uh, and I'm very glad to to back it. Thank you. No, I definitely appreciate the support and backing. So with uh, with hockey, then, do you uh, have you ever been? I have not been. No. You have not. So you've got the Harringay Huskies up at Ali Pally. Yeah. So they're yeah. Uh, probably your your closest team. Yeah. Um, but like I said, we're we're probably about about 45 minutes away in Chelmsford, so we're uh, yeah probably. from Redfield. I, I don't know where the where Lee Valley have been training, I don't know what sort of um, what sort of club they've got left or anything. They've been um, they've been a bit nomadic this year. Actually, it's it's not done them any favours as a team. They've, they've, their training's been irregular. Mm-hmm. They they've been playing a little bit in Gillingham. They've been playing in Cambridge. They've been playing you know, yeah. anywhere that they can get on the ice. Yeah. Cool. So, but once that that should be open for next season, the next ice hockey season starts in September. We're just in the in the business end of the uh, the postseason of all the playoffs and everything at the yeah. moment, so once that starts again in September, and I believe it's a um a double pad there as well. Yeah. At the New Lee Valley, so there's um yeah plenty of opportunities there to yeah for all this time. Well, yeah, I hope so. Um, but I definitely that's why I think the time that I've set it up is actually a good time because hopefully then it will all be up and running and set for when the season starts. Yeah it can take I think they said possibly a few months to get the registered number through like you know where it says charity and then the number yeah to have that all set up for the next season next competitive would be good because then I can get to all the competitions and the game get the word out there maybe I'll get one of those like what is it is like a foghorn oh yeah (laughs) megaphone get people's attention (laughs) so with your synchronized skating then um did you ever do, did you compete at that? Yeah, we competed. So I skated for, well, done all like the younger teams and worked my way up. And then we've been 
competing as senior B at the moment. We've not had the ice time or the levels to be able to go full senior. So there's two different um, rankings in this country. So the seniors go will then go on to, if they get the score, go on to compete at Worlds. But the senior B is that stepping stone to prepare for senior. Um, so that's what we the level we've been competing at. And um, yeah, we've been to quite a few internationals. So I did Switzerland, been to France, been to Eindhoven. It was all, you know, part of the journey. And yeah. it, it, it is very important because you do build, I'm sure it's the same in hockey, like some of those friendships, they'll never end for me. Like I know that I've stepped away from skating, but it becomes like a family and that sounds really cliche to say but it is because even if you don't always get along with the people that are in your team you don't always get along with your family members either yeah and it, that's what being in a team is like and it, it's really important to have those experiences and you know go on competitions and you know enjoy life as well like to have have something fun to do it's a really good distraction sometimes when life is really hard to then go, go into an ice rink and just forget about all those problems out there and just focus on people you're around and having a good time. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Well, Jess, thank you so much for joining me and telling us all about the charity. It's, um, yeah, it, it will be shared on every every post that I do. And obviously we're, we're just coming up to the, uh, the Britain playoff finals this weekend. So there'll be a few podcast episodes and videos going out. Um, so we'll get you tagged in all of those yeah. and spread the word as far as we can. No, I really do appreciate it. No, you're, you're more than welcome. And say very, it's a very worthwhile cause, and you're doing good work for the right reasons. So thank you. All very good. Yeah. No worries. Cheers, Jess. All right. Thank you. A huge thank you to Jess Goodman for joining me from Blades Belong on Your Feet. A uh, really, really important message that she's that she's sending out there. So please uh, go on the socials follow the charity and then as soon as she's set up and get going let's try and give it all the support that we can to to get that off the ground and get that doing the good work that she uh, she would like it to be doing so that is it episode 26 is in the bank there will be plenty episodes coming out later this week and over the weekend uh, i will also have one of those episodes will have Gemma pemberton the chieftain's physio in it as well so i'm really looking forward to speaking to Gemma. Uh, especially now the season's over, you know, she's, she's getting a little bit of downtime in. Uh, although she doesn't get much downtime, she does more sport than most people. So we'll see just how Gemma's getting on. Uh, then we'll also try and get, there's there's going to be plenty of content over the weekend, obviously with the playoffs, going to be catching up with the players and the coaches from the teams that are there, as well as some live updates and uh, and get some video interviews as well with some of the people that are there. Um, so yeah, please do try and tune in for that. I know obviously it's a shame that we're not there, but it's still the the showpiece event of the hockey season. So we're looking forward to bringing you as much content as we can from that. Uh, after that, we're going to try and get the uh, Chieftains Fan Forum going online. It will probably be a live video online. Uh, want you guys that have been coming to watch the Chieftains for years to come on and talk about it and why you got involved, how you got involved and and just how much you enjoy coming to watch the Chieftains. So I'll give you more details about that when I know. Uh, we'll try and get a little bit of material from the end of season do as well. Maybe some interviews with the, the award winners uh, to see how they feel about all that. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of, uh, plenty of chat going on from that evening. And then for a season review, I'll be joined by Anthony Russell from Banners on the Wall uh, for a season review of the entire NIHL one. South as well as just the Chelmsford Chieftains as well. So, yeah, join us all for that. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode. Thank you again to Jess. 
Don't forget to go and check out Blades Belong on Your Feet and we'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted by Anchor on Spotify. It is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast outlets. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to get notifications about new episodes. Follow us on social media, Instagram at Zero Pucks Given Podcast, Twitter at Zero Pucks Pod, YouTube at Zero Pucks Given, email Zero Pucks Given Podcast at gmail.com. The music in this podcast is taken from Spotify and I do not own the tracks. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.